Welcome to Goalposts. I'm Teresa Halbrooks, CEO of an award-winning consulting, PR, and events firm. After spending 11 years in the NFL, I launched a company that has allowed me to create my own legacy. I've been able to coach some of the most well-known professional athletes, celebrities, and CEOs across the country for more than 20 years. Gaining their respect wasn't easy, but it taught me to have a solid game plan for my future. I'm hoping that my journey and the many stories that happened along the way will not only entertain you, but encourage and inspire you to create your game plan to reach your goals. After all, someone's going to be successful. It might as well be you. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, we have Deb Fair, Executive Director of the Pedigree Foundation, a nonprofit organization working to help end pet homelessness. Nearly three and a half million dogs end up in shelters and rescues every year, and nearly half of them never find a home. The Pedigree Foundation is working to change that, and they have awarded more than 5,500 grants and $8 million to shelters and rescues across the country since 2008. I'm so glad that Deb could join us. She's a friend and client, and it's just been a privilege to talk to her. Here's the interview. So I'm with Deb Fair, Executive Director of the Pedigree Foundation. Deb, thank you so much for joining us on Goalpost. Welcome, and I'd love to start with you telling us a little bit about your professional journey. Absolutely. Teresa, I'm just happy to be here on Goalpost. I'm really excited about this podcast and broadcast and what it can do to inspire others to follow their dreams. Uh, a little bit about my background. I obviously, I, I went to school, University of Southern California in LA, and I went to study in the School of Journalism. And at one point, uh, I thought I had a decision to make. Do I go broadcast? Do I go print? Do I go public relations? And I made the decision to focus on public relations. So after graduating, I worked for a big agency, Hill and Knowlton. I worked on some cool projects with Mattel, um, then kind of dipped my toe in automotive. So I worked on the Mazda account and then eventually went to work for Toyota, uh, running their, um, you know, working on their product PR initiatives, and then also heading up their foundation at one point. Uh, I, I then moved over to Nissan, um, led the corporate team there as a VP in public relations, and also um, worked on the foundation there. And then later joined where I am right now at Mars Pet Care, but on the nonprofit side with Pedigree Foundation. So I've always had this, this thread, this nugget of following that passion of doing good within the nonprofit sector, um, whether it was on the corporate side, and then really following my passion with Pedigree Foundation in that uh, I have this you know, passion and love for rescue dogs and shelter dogs. And I, uh, in 2008, when the marketing team had approached me and said, you know, we're thinking about starting our own foundation, I thought, wow, I could really help you there, having had that background at past corporations. And I also felt really tied to it as well. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Well, you guys are doing some incredible work at the Pedigree Foundation. And, um, you know, I'm a faith-based person, and so I think our introduction to each other was so interesting because it was a divine appointment, in yes, my it opinion. Was. Yes, it um, was. And so I remember the day that I realized that God put an appointment on my calendar 
Um, it was a very busy time for us a few years ago. And I looked at the calendar on a Sunday night and said, gosh, we've got an appointment with the Pedigree Foundation tomorrow. And I don't, I didn't set the meeting and I don't have much information. And it was on my assistant's calendar and she wasn't going to be in the office in that, that morning. So I just said, you know what, it's a Sunday night. I can't investigate any further right now. I'm just going to show up and be there and, you know, I can talk about anything. So we're, we're here to talk about it. And I remember showing up, Deb, and you were already in a um, new associate orientation. Yes, and I was. So, yeah. So um, someone in your office brought me back, and I sat and had a lovely conversation with them. And as we got to know each other a little bit, kind of waiting for you to get out of your uh, meeting, she discovered that we produce events and said, oh, Deb must want to talk to you about this particular project. This must be what, what the conversation is about. So it seemed to click, you know, everything that, that was needed on the foundation side was certainly things that we did. And so it just made a lot of sense. So when you came in to meet, um, you were completely unaware of the meeting. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be on your calendar either. Uh, we were both kind of uh, stunned, kind of looking at each other going, I don't know why we're on each other's calendars or how this got set up, but you're here and you provide services that we're looking for, so let's talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember that moment because I remember being in this associate new hire meeting, talking about the foundation because you know our biggest volunteer base is within the Mars Pet Care business side. And so I was telling them about the foundation. I was at the end of my presentation and I remember Meg Meredith, our grants manager, coming in and saying, I think you, you missed an appointment. I thought, well, you know, I am my own worst secretary or assistant, so it could be, could be. And coming into that meeting and thinking, you know, it, it was kismet and meant to be because I, um, I, I had talked to another, you know, organization. They hadn't responded with a proposal and I thought, okay, I had this you know, idea that, you know, it was our 10 year anniversary for the Pedigree Foundation. We should do a big celebration, a big gala, invite a lot of our donors, our key, you know, people that, you know, interact with us, our volunteers, et cetera, but no proposal had come in. And so when you came in, it was like, wow, okay, this was meant to be because I listened to you. I listened to your enthusiasm, the things that you had done. And I thought, you know what? I was meant to be pulled out of that meeting. I was meant to have this conversation with you. And that 10 year anniversary was huge. And as you know, I go big or go home because what? I did a 10 year anniversary and the next day I did a golf tournament and we raised, we netted a half a million dollars, which was amazing for all those shelters and rescues across the country. It really was. It was so incredible. And I remember coming back from that meeting and getting with my team and trying to find out how did this appointment get on the calendar. And so what we later found out was um, autofill is, was yes. to blame for that, <laughs> that there was a similar name with a name in your office and a name in my office and they had communicated a few years back. And so that name became an autofill on a calendar appointment. And that is what put me in your office. And I certainly give credit to God that, you know, divine appointment, if you have a if you have an appointment on your calendar, go, you need to go because it could have easily been canceled, but I didn't. And I went and together we have um, worked together ever since. And it has been a blessing 
and to be able to help the Pedigree Foundation raise money for shelters across the country has just been such a privilege for us and we have loved every single minute of it. So um, I, I strongly believe in divine appointments and that was amazing. Um, so speaking of what you're working on with the foundation, tell me a little bit about maybe a significant project that you're working on currently. Can you share anything with us? Yeah, so you know, we're all in this really unusual situation right now, this, this phase, this stage where many of us are working from home, staying at home, and obviously COVID-19 is impacting shelters and rescues across the country. I talk to them daily, I have conversations with them, I'm hearing what's happening, you know, in, on the front lines. And so our foundation year, gives out grants on a yearly basis, and it's usually time at a certain period of time throughout the year. And we did not think about, wow, how can we assist these shelters and rescues? Because we didn't have anything at the moment, but we made a conscious decision to take money and funds out of our typical operating grant and move it to COVID-19 disaster relief. And so it, it's been amazing. We received like over 300 applications. There's a huge need out there for shelters and rescues. And these are even smaller shelters and rescues with total revenue of 200,000 or less. And I, I'm just thankful that we have a board that is supportive. We have a vision to help these shelters and rescues and that we were able to support 105 organizations with a total of $175,000. And, and to be honest with you, we continue to feel that passion to continue to support them. So um, we just did a Giving Tuesday Now campaign. We wanted to continue to try to raise awareness and more funds because we know that you know, as, as our states are opening up, that this is not over, that we are entering a new norm for normal, if it's not even normal anymore, state. And so how can we continue to support these shelters and rescues? So um, that's something that we've been working on. I continue to have conversations. I've, I've learned a great deal uh, since this has happened because um, we talk about how COVID-19 is actually changing how we do business. Um, whether you're a for-profit or non-profit, but I can see in the shelter community this huge fostering effort. A lot of shelters and rescues, Teresa, really weren't set up to do that. But because they needed to do that, they actually, for the first time, some of them reached out into the community and communicated this need and marketed this need. And people actually rallied behind that. And through that, they were able to get a lot of their dogs out into the foster network. And the, the premonition and prediction is, because these dogs are in foster care, some of them may not come back, that they actually may be adopted by their fosters, which is you know, amazing, right? So that may be the new norm that shelters and rescues may, you know, upon intake, actually move to a fostering network first and actually have dogs that come in shelters, you know, in the, the actual physical shelter that might need more work from a behavioral aspect. Um, might need some veterinary care. So it, I think it's gonna change how shelters operate moving forward. And I'm sure with other businesses as well, right? I mean, we're, we've had to flex and shift and be creative. Right, as everybody has, yes. Mm -hmm. So with your career in corporate philanthropy, Deb, what would you say that you enjoy most? What What is it about giving back and being in a world where you can make a difference that you enjoy the most? For me, it's about connecting with those shelters and rescues. And even, you know, in my past with other foundations, mm -hmm. 
actually talking to the recipients of the grants and, and seeing and hearing and feeling how that's having an impact. I mean, for me, that's it at the end of the day. I mean, there's a lot of process, a lot of communications, there's a lot of um, awareness building and branding and marketing that you have to do for a, a nonprofit and foundation. But for me, it gets to that story. How are we really making a difference? That's what gets me excited. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in their career? You know, it's graduation season. We've talked a lot about that. What advice would you give to somebody that's thinking about a career either in nonprofit work or corporate philanthropy that, that they're thinking about following a similar path? What would you, what would you say to them? So a couple things. Um, I think you need to kind of dig deep and figure out what's your purpose, right? What are you really passionate about? Because if you're not passionate, passionate about it, I don't think it'll resonate within, you know, your, your, your being and how you actually move forward on your career journey. I mean, because all of that has to line up. I also think that if you are passionate about going into nonprofit, I would recommend that you volunteer for an organization that you feel like you have a connection to, right? So first kind of volunteer, see what the inner workings of a nonprofit, what's that like? Talk to the staff people, you know, create a relationship because then you'll understand, you know what, I think I want to work, you know, for this nonprofit and I actually feel like I can give my time and I can actually apply for a job and see a career maybe on the grants writing side because I I feel like you need to serve some, you know, time there and, and do a little discovery work. I also think that if you can, if you know, the next evolution of that too is, do you, do you actually get involved by um, being on a board, right, of a nonprofit? Small, start out small, you can go medium, you can go large, but being on a board helps you also understand how can I make a difference? What are the capabilities that I have? Because board members aren't all the same. Because you know, if you're on a national board, I'm on American Humane's national board, they're all looking for different types of capabilities and talents because, you know, together we come together and think about the strategy of that organization. So I think sitting on a board, activating there is also a really valuable experience for somebody that's thinking about entering in the nonprofit arena. On the corporate side, um, same thing. I think if you, you need to kind of look at that corporation and what do they focus on because they'll probably have a couple pillars that they feel are um, linked to their business, right? And helps drive awareness of their overall corporate vision. So I think you kind of have to dig into that um, and better understand that to see, is that a fit for you too? Because there's, um, you know, I sat on the corporate environment, you know, in corporate um, entities, um, running a uh, community relations program for, for Toyota and then sitting on the foundation. So I, I think you kind of have to understand that as well. Sure. Great advice. And a lot of nonprofits have a junior board for young mm -hmm, folks to contribute. And so that's a great way to get involved and, and to get your um, hands dirty and understand the organization. So uh, great advice, Deb. You know, I'm wondering what advice you would have given to your 25-year-old self. What, what do you wish you had known back then if you could tell yourself something um, you know, back in that day, what would it be? What would it, what would be a little nugget of advice to say to yourself? I think uh, for me, it would uh, 
the don't be so hard on yourself, right? You know, because you know, we all have this vision of it all being, you know, sequence timed, it's perfect, it's planned. I mean, especially if you're in public relations where you're doing it, you know, think about event management because you're like, everything has to click along. I, it would be, don't be so hard on yourself, number one, if things don't work out, because with each um, little bump in the road comes a lesson, right? And you need to sit back and say, okay, what could I, could I learn from this moment? Mm -hmm. And then be patient too, because um, good things do and will happen, especially if you um, focus, you're really, you know, aligned with your purpose and passionate about it and you do a, a job well done. I think people will, will recognize that and it'll just be another part of that career journey for you. That's great. Great advice for no matter what the industry is. That's right, exactly. Great advice. Exactly. That's just kind of, you know, personal good thinking there. You know, we don't get to talk a lot about our accomplishments. Uh, sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of day-to-day -day life. I wonder when you look back over your career, mm. if you're willing to share with us something in that accomplishment category that you would say, I am most proud of this moment. I am so proud I was able to accomplish this. Do you have something that, that you could share with us? Gosh, there, uh, I think there's a couple. So let me, let's look at um, nonprofit and then let's look at um, for-profit. So on the for-profit side, I think uh, for me, the, the thing I'm very proud of is when I worked at Nissan, I was the vice president of corporate communications. And I can remember uh, the company was venturing into launching a big truck, right? Which was, ooh, that's not something a Japanese company would do. It's, that's a very domestic for GM, you know, arena segment. How dare you come in there? And then doing a huge press event at the Detroit Auto Show, launching this truck right in the heart of wow. Motor City. And um, then convincing the CEO at the time, who, you know, was a little formal and was also very, what I would call a very global CEO, and telling him, I said, you want that, that moment, that picture moment? This is what it's going to be. You need to sit on the back end of that tailgate, and I want you to just humor me for a second and... Um, do that and you could wear this cowboy hat. You don't have to wear this cowboy hat. You decide. And he looked at me probably like I was crazy. I've had a couple moments where I've had to, you know, explain to, you know, execs like, trust me, this is the moment, right? And he did do that the next day, all over the news. I mean, photos, I mean, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I mean, his photo was everywhere. And so it's about having that relationship and that trust. I mean, at the moment, you probably thought, oh, really? I really have to do that? You know, I'm kind of this dignified European. Do I really have to do that? But it was big. And, and it was also because the company was, was taking a risk, right? We're going to launch this in the heart of Motor City, not at the LA Auto Show, which is where most people would have done it, right? So that's one when I think about, on, you know, the success on a nonprofit side. And I think there's a lesson there too. It's about in your gut, you know, following your gut and knowing it's the right thing to do, but also being tenacious and confident, right? In communicating to somebody at a leadership level that trust me on this one. Um, the second thing on the nonprofit side, I would say 
hugely, hugely proud of, you know, helping the marketing team at, at, at Pedigree Brand launch a nonprofit because I don't think at the time they understood, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, if we do this, we can incorporate it, but it, there's a lot of, you know, policies, procedures that go along with being part of a nonprofit, you know, bylaws, you know, how, how often you want to meet, what's the grant process going to look like. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to think about. So launching that, but also um, our partnership, I mean, because that was huge. I mean, that 10 year anniversary, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I pitched that to the board and they probably thought, hmm, okay. At first, remember, Teresa, it started out as a little songwriter's night, right? It did. It's like, oh yeah, let's just do this. We'll just do a 10 year anniversary. We'll have a songwriter's, you know, night. It'll be lovely. It'll be easy. Then we'll glide path the next day into this golf tournament. But no, we went big, right? We went big. We had an artist, Leanne Rhymes there. I mean, to help us celebrate. It was, it was, it was huge. And um, the fact that we were able to net, net, half a million dollars between, between those two events was huge. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the fact that that, was, that allowed the, the nonprofit and Pedigree Foundation to be able to award more grants, but also it paved the way for um, us to continue to establish a disaster relief grant effort. Because, you know, that was the other thing. I think when you talk about lessons, if there's a moment in time and you need to trust your gut, and so previously, Pedigree Foundation did not support disaster relief. It was always felt that, okay, on the business side, Mars Pet Care can do that. They can support with food. Um, so we decided, um, you know what, let's, let's take some funding. Let's pull it aside because it was the trifecta. It was Harvey. It was Maria. Do you remember? All three oh, yeah. coming together. And we said, we need to do something because... I think our constituents, our donors, expect us to do something, so we did. We actually, um, I, I proposed to the board, they agreed, they aligned, and so um, that event also helped us continue to support disaster relief efforts to the point where we've actually got COVID-19 response. So very proud of that. Oh, that's amazing. And I know we don't get to talk a lot about accomplishments, so I'm so glad that we were able to talk about that. Deb, I have one last off-the-wall question. I was on a call, a Zoom call last night with my girlfriend, and they asked this question, and it just um, sparked uh -oh. me. <laughs> All right, exactly. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Um, if you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? What would you want to do with having some extraordinary gift? What would that superpower be, Deb, to put you on the spot? <laughs> uh, what would that superpower be? Um, I think my the superpower that I would love is to be able to it it, it evolves around love, right? So how it would be about how could I continue? How, you know, my superpower would be about spreading love and compassion mm -hmm. around the world. That would because I think that sometimes we get lost in the day to day that we forget that that's what makes us all human and why we connect together. And quite frankly, why um, we connect with animals like, you know, dogs, because we're very compassionate. They, there's this um, human animal bond that connects 
and so we need to have them we need to have more of that and I do think that right now what we're experiencing is that moment in time where we have that opportunity to pause and reflect on that and and that includes with your family right because you know you think about it you don't often get to spend that much time with your family and these are once in a lifetime opportunities about reconnecting so I think you know spreading love what was yours Oh, that's such a great answer. I love that. Um, and a great way to, to wrap. Mine was actually, if I had a superpower to allow folks to understand their full potential and to give them the confidence that they needed to do and be their very best, imagine what a world we would have if folks could embrace their gifts and reach their full potential and not doubt themselves what would this world be? And so um, that was my answer. And it was, again, it was for the moment it was like, oh, what would I do? What would I want to see this world become? And much like you, it's, it's, you know, allowing us to reach our full potential and know that we're capable. And that's what the world needs right now is to believe in themselves. But to your point, Deb, love and compassion. Uh, that's a great thought to close out our interview is, what the world needs now is love. It does. That is the truth. Thank you so much for joining us on Goalpost, Deb. It's been such a pleasure and it's such a gift to be able to work with you and help raise money for such an incredible nonprofit. I would love to send people to support the foundation. How can they support you? They can go to pedigreefoundation.org and donate. Uh, we're always looking to, for ways for increasing our funds to help shelters and rescues across the country. Teresa, as you know, since we've launched in, since 2008, we've actually contributed more than $8 million through 5,500 shelter and rescue grants. But we don't want to stop there. I mean, our goal is at some point to consistently be able to give a million dollars a year to shelters and rescues across the country. And, you know, on average, that could be anywhere from 300 to, you know, 350 shelters and rescues every year. So it's about having an impact. Um, and we hope that you join us, you know, on this journey. Um, we feel a huge connection to um, our animal friends and especially um, dogs, which is who we support through the Pedigree Foundation. And I know that every day when I log on to my emails, I, I, I see a story and it, it just really makes me smile and makes my day when I see a response from a shelter or rescue to say, hey, you know, because of your grant, we were able to do this. Um, so pedigreefoundation.org. We'd love to have you um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, donate, and be um, an advocate and an ambassador of our foundation and all oh, the dogs that we help. That's great. I love that. Deb, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. I'm so glad Deb could join us and what great advice. We do need more love and compassion in the world. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Goalposts. If you'd like more information, be sure to visit us at goalpost.online. That's goalpost.online.